Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Former president scheduled for his arraignment in New York City on Tuesday. The DA in Manhattan announced indictments against him on Thursday afternoon. It's going to be the first time that an ex-president is actually arrested and arraigned in front of a court of law. To get a political perspective, we are joined by Dr. Thomas Gray, and he's an assistant professor of political science at UT Dallas, and he's in the KRLD Zoom room. Dr. Gray, thank you so much for the time. Happy to join you. Thanks for having me. Talk to us about the historical perspective about this. So, as you note, it's the first time, and that always means that it's it's a bit challenging, especially for a, a, a social scientist, a researcher who's really oriented in observing what has happened before and using that to kind of guide us into what we think might happen going forward. But of course, this is one of those times where there isn't a before to look at. So we end up looking at things like other countries where this has happened. And there are dozens of other countries where this has happened. It just hasn't in the United States. And so that makes it somewhat unprecedented. And that makes it also a little bit more uncertain of what the implications could be. Uh, With anything of this sort, though, there's got to be, you know, protocol for it. And did we have time to prepare for something like this? Because uh, I guess my question is, were we expecting this as a final answer? Uh, I think we have been expecting it for a while, partly because a lot of the steps here have been leaked or observed by news media. The New York Times has been telling us that this was coming a bit. And then, of course, the former president himself has been telling us for a, a week or two now that this was coming. And so there has been certainly some buildup. And we know this is this also isn't the only investigation for the former president. There's another one in Georgia. There are other ones ongoing at a variety of levels of government, state government, federal government. And so there's a lot of other things going on uh, there that could have yielded something. This just happens to be the first one. But I do think it was always possible that this that this could this could happen. But this this one here doesn't necessarily, as far as we know, because we don't know what's in the indictments, doesn't necessarily have to do directly with the campaign itself. This is this is more of a, of a local issue in Manhattan. To some extent, what the New York Times and what other other uh, journalists have kind of hinted at what the charges could be implies that it requires some mixing of both a local crime and a second crime, um, which would be potentially a a campaign finance related crime. So there's the second element here. And I don't want to get too far down the road there, because as you know, we haven't actually seen it. I haven't gotten to read it yet. Mm -hmm. I want to read it before I say anything too particular. But but it is likely that there will be a a second campaign related element to this charge when it ultimately is revealed to us. How long could this process take? This, uh, you know, in the United States, criminal trials are supposed to be speedy, but they often end up becoming quite long and lengthy affairs. And it, the, the president, the former president has already and his lawyers have already indicated that they have a number of challenges 
to, to use. They have a number of legal techniques that they plan to use that will drag this out um, or could even yield a very quick uh, conclusion if the, if the former president is to win in some of his claims. So it could be short. It, it could also be quite long. Um, the, the odds of these things actually going to a trial would be some, you know, many months or more, a year or more into the future before that becomes really a possibility. This is not the first time that we've seen a political candidate dealing with paying hush money because of, of an affair. John Edwards has been trending a lot today on Twitter. How do those two cases compare? Um, they are to an extent similar, though this one is a, is a bit different because you will have this mixed local and potentially federal crime element, which is which is a, an extra step beyond what has been pursued before. People point to the Edwards case because it was one that um, was deceptive in the sense that it, it looked stronger than it proved to be legally and that and it, it really ran into some of the difficulties in actually getting convictions in the United States on things related to campaign finance use and, and, and campaign money. It's actually quite hard. Things that we might think of as corruption charges in the United States are actually incredibly difficult to, to pull off in an in a actual, get an actual conviction. So when people are thinking to, um, you know, uh, John Edwards, they're thinking of there of a case where, you know, th this, this proves somewhat legally difficult. We are still seeing, you know, uh, what's going to happen in other states that are investigating the former president. Um, could he have multiple um, indictments in different states? And could that um, be a derailment to his campaign trail? So the, to the first part, could he have multiple indictments? That's definitely possible. The Georgia case has often been the ones that legal specialists have pointed to is the most serious and most threatening to him of the possible state cases. Um, the, the state government, rather than the, than the Manhattan prosecutor, has also been looking into the former president on a number of financial related issues, especially the Trump organization, the organization broader than just the person of the former president. So there's lots of things going on there. And of course, there's still the Department of Justice that that looms though the department of justice has historically had a policy that it doesn't charge sitting and former presidents so that would have to change for that to, mm. to come through if trump does decide to fight this is brand new territory the former president says has said he will fight this there's no deals coming how hard would it be to find an impartial jury in new york or really anywhere else in the country where someone doesn't have an opinion about the case. That is one of the big difficulties. Of, of course, we think of juries, we think of impartiality, we think of finding people who somehow will be the three people in the United States, who more than three, but you need you know a dozen or so people who haven't heard of him or who don't have a pre-existing opinion of him, and that will be really hard. Mm -hmm. But even before you get to that part of the case, there are a number of legal questions for the case that remain to be seen which could be potentially resolved when we see the actual documents here. What other information do they have that has not been leaked or reported on? And that might shape how far the, down the road those types of problems will, will emerge. Is there any other part of this conversation you think that we're overlooking or that people might question later? Um, 
no, but I, I think it is it is important that everybody understands that the opinions that they will see, and I'm trying to not do this myself, right? This is my job here is to try to be impartial, impartial and objective. But one of the real difficulties here is that, as as you've noted, everybody has an opinion, and that comes out when we see the commentary. That comes out when we see the um, you know, the lawyer talking heads, and it comes out when we see other politicians weigh in on it. It comes out when we see um, Democrats weigh in on it, when we see Republicans weigh in on it, when we see the House committees who are, who are um, you know, inserting themselves into it. Mm-hmm. And we always have to keep that in mind is that this is going to be a partisan and political event the whole way through. We want this to be about objective justice, but it will inevitably involve some level of politics and partisanship. These are elected prosecutors right and they are so it's a person running for office everybody involved in this process kind of already has a a feeling about the former president including those prospective jurors but also judges and and attorneys and and other politicians and so one of the things we have to do when we're getting information is to really be open-minded and broad-minded to search out everything and realize that the sources are going to come even unintentionally with a certain a certain slant and a certain, you know, focus. And we have to try to limit that uh, to the best that we can. Dr. Thomas Gray is an assistant professor of political science at UT Dallas. Dr. Gray, thank you as always. Thank you. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.